following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. We are going to be in the book of Exodus. We're sort of, this, this is the first, um, first Sunday of the new year. We are in between sermon series. And so we're going to do a couple weeks on some other things before we get into our big series this spring, but go ahead and open up your Bibles to Exodus chapters three and four. Um, you can open up the black Bibles underneath your chair. It's on page 47 or open up your phone or tablets. If you're online with us, you could just click that little Bible icon or get your own um, Bible out. Exodus three and four is where we're going to be. Um, but it is the new year. It is the new year. And, and for me, I feel like there's a couple things that I'm really into when it, when it comes to like that sort of that week between Christmas and New Year's. And one of those is football, watching, watching football. If the, I mean, if the bowl games aren't canceled, watching um, the bowl games. And the other one is just watching movies. I feel like th- this is the perfect time. I don't know about you, but it's a perfect time for me to just, just watch a bunch of movies. It, it, just, it just feels good um, to catch up on some movies you haven't seen. And um, I don't know about you, but there's always, if I'm flipping through the, the, the channels on the TV, there's always those couple movies that are always on. No matter what channel it is, no matter what time of day it is, they're always on, right? They're, you always see those same uh, movies that are always on. And those two are this, that I, that I see. Um, one is the 2002 classic movie starring Leo DiCaprio himself, Catch Me If You Can, okay? Catch Me If You Can, a good one. Um, and the other one is the very underrated, underappreciative, uh, brilliant movie starring Jack Black, and that's School of Rock. <laughs> School of Rock. Both great movies, um, especially School of Rock. If you have not seen that movie, you have homework after church today. Go home, watch School of Rock. You won't be disappointed. Um, but here's the deal with those two movies in particular, and, and maybe some, of, some other movies um, that kind of link with these will come to your mind. But with those two movies have um, what they have in common with the main characters, uh, they have a lot in common. And uh, that is, is that they both should not be doing what they're doing. They should not be doing the jobs that they're doing in those movies. Right. So let me explain a little bit. If you haven't seen Catch Me If You Can, Leo uh, Leo's character, Frank Abagnale Jr., was completely unqualified for pretty much anything that he did, right? I mean, like, if he just wanted to do something, like, he just did it and, it, and it happened, which is kind of crazy. I mean, that's the whole plot of the movie. If he wanted to do it, he just, he just did it. If he wanted to be a pilot, he was just a pilot, right? If he wanted to be a doctor or a prosecutor, then he just did it. Right? Not, not by any merit of his own, of course, but yes, yeah, he kind of tricked his way into doing a lot of these things. He was kind of, kind of smart in that sense. Um, but whatever he wanted to do, he, he just did them, even though he wasn't qualified for doing them. Uh, and then there's School of Rock, okay? School of Rock, Jack Black's character, Dewey Finn, all right? He's a deadbeat musician. So just picture, if you haven't seen it, deadbeat musician. I mean, it's Jack Black, just picture that deadbeat musician who actually commits identity fraud by stealing his roommate's identity to make a little extra cash by being a substitute teacher, Mr. Schneebly. You know that, Mr. Schneebly. Goes to school, completely neglects the school curriculum, right, and teaches the entire class how to become a rock band, right? Which works, 
Yeah, that works. Um, but let's just say, like, Jack Black's character, he was not qualified for being a teacher. Now, and I'm, and I'm married to a teacher. He was definitely not qualified to be any sort of teacher. So the reason I want to highlight these two, and again, you're probably thinking of some other movies, um, but the reason I wanted to highlight these two fictional characters in these two movies and how completely and utterly unqualified they were for their jobs or what they ended up doing in their life is because I don't know about you, but, but there are many times in my life where I just feel pretty unqualified with what I'm doing. Whether it's, whether it's my job, I mean, the fact that I'm up here is insane. Um, might have to have a conversation with Chris or the elders letting me be up here. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, but also just feeling inadequate with, with other areas of my life. I mean, being a parent, I mean, parents, we don't have to raise our hands, but when, when have we just felt unqualified being a parent, right? Or, or even just being a husband, or even just any other roles that I have in my life, I feel like I'm just unqualified for some of these things. But I do believe the place where I feel maybe the most unqualified in my life is in my relationship with God. Okay, and when I, when I really think about being, being a child of God, being his and being accepted into, into his kingdom, and even being called by God to do some, some big things for him, I mean, there's almost nothing that I feel more unqualified at than to be called by God to do something for him. And I mean, I mean, maybe you're there, maybe like, it just makes me think like, why me, God? Like, like, like why me? Why in that direction? Well, how am I going to do that? And how am I even going to be able to do that thing that you're, you're calling me to do? Like, there's, there's no way I'm just, I'm just completely 100% unqualified to do that for you. And I don't know, like maybe I'm the only one, but like, especially this time of year when we're reflecting, like, like when I reflect back on, on last year and the decisions I made or the, the path that I took or maybe the mistakes that I made and then to come to a new year where, you know, you're supposed to be looking ahead at what's to come and what this year could hold for you. Like I get to thinking about what God might be calling me to do this next year, right? Maybe you're there too. And, and, and maybe you have something that God is already calling you to or that will be calling you to. And, and maybe you just feel the same way I do sometimes where it's just like, God, why me? Like, I, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not qualified to do that. And so um, that is why I wanted to talk about this today. Being the, being the first Sunday of the new year in 2022, we're all looking back on last year. We're all looking ahead to this next year. And maybe some of us already, we have that pull, that, that, that feeling that God is calling us to, to something different, to something big this next year, to do something big, to be a part of something big, to step up and be used by God in a really big way way. And our instinct is really to say, no, God, like, there's no way. Like, not, not me. And so this morning, I wanted to take a look at the Bible, okay, take a look at some people in the Bible who aren't fictional characters, like in those movies, but who are real people who walked this earth, who lived real lives, who were human with strengths and weaknesses, just like you and me, who were called by God to do something, but ultimately, 
were just so far from being qualified for that role that God called them to. And my hope this morning is, my hope this morning is to give all of us hope in the fact that we are all unqualified for what God has planned for us, but that's right where God wants us to be. And so before we like settle down into our text in, in Exodus, um, I want to quickly kind of take you through a few other examples in the Bible where people were being used by God to do something big, some amazing things. Um, but it wasn't like they were qualified to do those things to begin with, right? And I'm sure some people, some of those, those people in the Bible are already coming to your mind if you've been in church for more than a minute. But um, let me go through some of these really quick. Let's start in the Old Testament, okay? Old Testament, Jacob was a cheater, and a liar, right? So he kind of cheats his older brother Esau into getting his blessing that was, that was rightfully for Esau. He kind of worked with his mom to kind of cheat the whole system and get this blessing from his father Isaac, right? But then Jacob went on to get this blessing from God and he was blessed with like generations upon generations, all of Jacob's descendants. Um, Noah drank too much. Noah got, got drunk but God still used Noah and still used Noah's descendants. Um, Abraham was old, like really, really old. Sarah was old, really old. Um, Rahab was a prostitute. David, King David, all right? King David was a small shepherd boy who defeated the giant Goliath, who later had an affair and then pretty much committed murder and had somebody killed, right? And this, and this is King David, that God used, a man after God's own heart. And I mean, that's just from the Old Testament, okay? New Testament. New Testament, a few ones. Peter, Peter had a temper, right? If y'all know, Peter cut some dude's ear off as they were trying to arrest Jesus, right? And this is Peter, the same one Jesus built his church on, the rock. He was the foundation of Christ's church. Zacchaeus was short, but God still used him. God still called him. It's hope for us short people, all right? Every one of Jesus' disciples, like think of the people that Jesus called to be his closest to, to follow him. They were either just a plain old fisherman, right? Or they were like a thief of a tax collector. We've talked about Matthew a lot. They were a, a doubter. And then there's Paul. And then there's Paul. If you know Paul, there's Paul who literally his life was to seek out Christians and kill them, right? He hated anything that had to do with Jesus and this gospel message and God changed his life. And then we, now, now we get more than half of the New Testament that is written by him that, that, that God used him for that and so many other things. Like the Bible is made up of story upon story of people that God has used that were just totally unqualified but he had them do incredible things. And so why not you, right? The, the, this new year, why not us, Fathom? Like my question to all of us this morning is, is God calling you to do something amazing for him this new year? And if he is, which spoiler alert, he is, okay? If he is, then why haven't you said yes to him yet? Right? Is, it, is it because you think you can't? Is it because you think that you're unqualified for whatever he's calling you to do? Well, join the club, all right? Because that that's all of us. But I wanted to take a deeper look at, at one of these 
Um, one of these examples in scripture where God is calling somebody totally unqualified for this job to do some pretty amazing things for his kingdom. And that is Moses. Okay, so let's open up our Bibles. Um, Exodus, we're gonna start in chapter three first, okay? We're gonna do a little bit of work in chapter three. Then we're gonna get into chapter four. But um, as we're about to read this, like kind of going back, um, this, this is an interaction between Moses and God, okay? If you don't know the story of Moses, really quick, Moses was born in Egypt to Hebrew parents, okay? Pharaoh at the time, he put out an edict to have, to have all Hebrew newborn boys killed, and so Moses' mom put baby Moses into a basket, floated him down the Nile, right? And then uh, the daughter of Pharaoh picked him up, raised him. He was raised in the palace of the Pharaoh. Um, and then one day, let's fast forward to when Moses was older. One day, Moses saw an Egyptian that was mistreating a Hebrew slave, and he killed him, right? He, he murdered somebody in front of a lot of other people, and so he fled. He ran, Moses ran, and so that is when he encountered God on a mountain in the form of a burning bush, right? Okay, picture Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, right? 1950s graphics of a burning bush. Those were something else. Um, again, if you haven't seen that, especially younger, you've got, you've got more homework to do after church. You just might have to set aside an entire week, the rest of your break to watch that, but Ten Commandments, watch it. Okay, so we're gonna pick up this story right there. Okay, God, call, God is calling Moses to do something big. All right, so let's go ahead and read a little bit. Um, Exodus chapter three, we're gonna begin in, in verse 10. Exodus chapter three, verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh. Okay, this is God talking. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, God said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So God is calling, God has a calling on Moses's life here. Okay. God is telling him that he's supposed to go to Egypt to set God's people free from slavery. And, and let's just start there, okay? Let's start there. Maybe this is where you're at with God right now, okay? Maybe you've already heard a calling from God on your life on, on what to do next, what the future kind of looks like. Like maybe starting this new year, you feel him calling you to something else. Maybe it's a different job. Maybe it's a different relationship. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to, to help out that neighbor, or he's putting that specific person on your heart or those people on your heart that like, you know who I'm talking about, just saying that, that he wants you to reach out to bring the good news of the gospel to his love. Maybe you felt that call from God, maybe this whole last year and, and, and you just didn't answer the call. And just like Moses you know, you might be hearing a very clear call from God, maybe not in the form of a burning bush, but we have, this, we have excuse after excuse as to why we don't answer God's call. And Moses' first response back to God, okay, are here in these words. He says, who am I? He says, who am I that I should go, is verse 10, who am I that, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So after God chooses Moses to do this big thing, 
bringing his people out of Egypt, Moses's response to that is, wait, me? Like who, me? me? Are, you, are you sure it's me? Like, I, I can't. I can't, I mean, are you sure you're not talking about somebody else? Is this Bernie Bush talking to somebody else behind? Maybe somebody who has a full army with them or is big and strong. Like, I, I can't, I can't do that. Not me, like I'm, I'm a nobody. Does that ring a bell to anybody today? You know, saying to God, like, no, no way, God. Like, you don't mean me, do you, to do that thing? But God has a response back. To Moses, right? In the second half of verse 11, he says this, but I will be with you. I will be with you, which brings me to my first point this morning as God calls us for his plans. Maybe our response to him is, but like, who am I? Like, who am I, God? I'm not, I'm a nobody. And God says to us, I will be with you. Like God, God doesn't say, oh, you know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean you. Like you weren't the one I was talking to. Obviously, you couldn't do what I'm asking you to do. Like God doesn't even mention, what's great is God doesn't even mention Moses' qualifications or his character in this, right? In his response, but instead reminds Moses, not of who Moses is, but of who God is in this, Moses, in, in this moment. Like God is pretty much saying, okay, who cares? I am God and I will be with you. Okay, the truth is, truth is what we have to recognize first. When we, have the, when we have God's calling on our life, we have to recognize and get straight first is that we are not God. And that's a good thing, right? It's not about us. And that's also a really good thing. It's not about our qualifications because of, of who we are, then we have that calling, our, our job is to be humble, humble ourselves and remind ourselves that it's not us doing this, right? We have God, we have God's help. We have God on our side that it's about him. He will be with you. So we've got nothing to worry about, right? Sure, we, we have our weaknesses. Sure, we have our shortcomings. Sure, we might even not believe that we can do this thing that God is calling us to. And that's fine because this isn't about you or me. It's about him. And so whatever it is that you, you might be feeling this morning that God is calling you to, our first thing to remember is that God will be with us. Like we couldn't do this on our own if it was just up to us, that he promised us he will be with us just like he promised Moses at this time. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna skip a little bit ahead to chapter four now. Okay, so Exodus chapter four, we'll start in verse one now. Um, we're, we're, we're skipping a little bit ahead. Let's, let's start in verse one, chapter four. And then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice or they will, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, uh, Moses said, a staff. And he said, God said, throw it on the ground. And so Moses threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. And so Moses put out his hand and caught it by the tail. And it became a staff in his hand. This is God saying that they may, they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And so after Moses asks God, why me? Like, why, why are you choosing me for this? I can't do this. Um, they go back and forth a little bit at the end of uh, chapter three. And, um, and now Moses' other response, which is an excuse to God, right? Call, excuse to God's calling on his life is to pretty much say, well, they won't believe me when I say that God is calling me to do this, right? They won't believe me when I say God sent me to do this for his people. They, they won't even listen to me right? God has a response to this too, okay? He says, hey, remember, I will be with you, okay? Just like I was with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he's saying, see, I've done this before and I'll do it again, right? This isn't the first time that God has called someone to do something, in scripture, right? In, in, in the history. Like, like this is the first time that God has said that he will do something like amazing through somebody. So he's, he's reminding Moses of who came before him, right? And what he has already seen through God in his past, right? God is telling him to trust him because he can and will do it again. So for us, in, in, in the times of hearing God calling us to do something and our reservations of not feeling qualified to do that, not feeling like we can do that, feeling like nobody will believe us, even if we did and no one will, be, no one will listen to us, everybody will think we're crazy for doing this. We are called to trust in him. And, and this isn't a blind trust, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago. This isn't a blind trust. This, this is God saying, trust me because I've done it before. And trust me that I will do it again. Trust I'll do it again. And do you have these moments in your past church? Like, like those times that God is calling you to look back on, right? To look back on and remember that he was right there with you through those times. And he's telling you to trust him that he will do it again. Right, so a, a little illustration here. Um, I'm not a super big basketball fan. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I look at the Shalene. Sorry, I like. I'm, if the Nuggets are good, I'm a fan of the Nuggets. Fairweather fan, I'm fine with it. I just, I just can't really get into basketball. I'm not a huge fan, but what I love about basketball is like the last shot. Right, the last shot when it's a big game and maybe your team's down by one or your team's down by two and your team has the ball for the last shot, right? Um, this is like every kid's dream. If you like being on, on your front driveway, having your, your basketball hoop and you're, you're counting down the clock, the game clock, three, two, one, and you step back and you're like five feet behind the three-point line and you just chuck it up and swish at the buzzer, nothing but net, it goes in. Like, that's an awesome moment. I may not like basketball, but that's a cool moment. If, if I could watch a game and just fast forward to the end of every quarter, pretty much, or the end of the half or the end of the, the game and watch those last shots, I totally would. Um, but the, the big thing about, like, basketball and that last shot, now, I, on a basketball team, who is it that takes that last shot? Right? The best player on the team, usually. Like that's their hope is the best player on the team is taking that shot. Not some dude who has more turnovers than points 
in his career, right? Some scrub off the bench. They're not going to say, go for it. Take this last shot. It's the one who's done it many times before, right? It's, it's the, the, maybe even the, the greatest of all times to do it. It's the Larry Birds. It's the Kobe Bryants, the Steph Currys, the MJs, right? You get the ball to your best player on the team, and in some cases, the best to ever play. Why? Because they have done it before many, many times. They've been in those moments. They've had those shots before. They are trusted to take that last shot because they've done it a bunch already and they will most likely do it again, right? That is why they are, are trusted. And, and church, we, we, have, we have a God who can move mountains, who created life, who kept his promise his promise is to create nations from sinners and unqualified men and women throughout scripture, freed his people using a man like Moses. And Moses is passed and everything that, that he had, when he has a plan, we are called to trust him because he's done it before. I'm sure already in your life, like you can look back on those times where he's already kind of been there, done that. He's calling you to trust in him again because we know firsthand what he's capable, capable of. And church, maybe today you need a reminder of what God has already done, right? And maybe that was just this past year. Maybe it was a couple years ago, but starting the new year, maybe that's the reminder you need of what God has already done in your life. So, and then, and then Moses continues, okay? He, he continues on again, kind of this pushback with God's calling on him with another reason. Let's go to uh, verse 10, chapter four, verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. All right, so we've now gotten to the part of the story where Moses is kind of pulling out his resume that has all of his weaknesses on there, all of his excuses, showing him all of his weaknesses, trying so hard to get God to reconsider him for this, right? to reconsider him for this plan. And Moses is saying, well, here's the thing, God. So I'm not really good at this one thing, and that's speaking to anybody. I'm just not good at it, you know? And he, I mean, he says, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Now, has that been your excuse to God before? Maybe, and maybe it's not that, but Maybe it's, oh, oh God, I can't. I'm not a good enough speaker. Like, I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not tall enough or, or strong enough. Um, I didn't get the greatest grades in school. I didn't get that education. I didn't go to that college, whatever it is. I'm not skilled enough. I'm just so unqualified. Like, I'm just, I'm just weak. I, I just can't do this. And here, like, hear me, I, I kind of understand where Moses is coming from in this saying, hey, look, God, okay, this job just isn't for me because I, I just literally can't do that. Like, I can't do this speaking thing that you're asking me to do in front of Pharaoh. Like, I can't do that that well. 
Like somebody else must be better at this than me, but just, just not me. And in verse 11, God, God says, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore go and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Like this is, this is a mic drop moment for God, right? Mic drop, I mean, I f- feel like it's a little unfair um, that he's bringing up the whole, I made the thing that you speak out of, like I made your mouth. Like Moses, remember I made speech, like I made, I created languages. Like he's saying all this to him. At this point, God is saying like, hey, Moses, you are still missing the point, okay? Who made you? Like, this still isn't about you, Moses. Like, because if it was, yes, you're not a good speaker. Like, like you're just not. That's not one of your strengths. But it's a good thing this isn't about you or your weaknesses. Because guess what? God is saying, I thrive in your weaknesses. In 2 Corinthians 12, that was read up here by Evan um, this morning, right before church. He says this, like, this is Paul talking. And he says, three times, in verse 8, 12, verse 8, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. He's talking about that, that thorn in his side he's had. But he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Church, when we are at our weakest, God is at his strongest. That is something we have to remember. Like this means that whatever our weaknesses are, whatever we believe is holding us back from saying yes to God, maybe in this new year, whatever's coming up, whatever's holding us back to saying yes for God's calling on our life, that God is there and he's saying, I am strong, I am enough. He's saying, I am enough. He's saying, who made you? Oh yeah, I did, (laughs) right? Those weaknesses, I got you. Like, like, lean on me. I will be your strength. Don't even worry about it. Listen, church, I, I know we use our weaknesses a lot as a way of getting out of things that God has called us to do, right? And, and hear me, the devil is making us focus on those weaknesses and telling us that because of them, we can't do it. Like we are led to believe that God needs perfection, that he cringes at our weaknesses, that he like rolls our eyes at our struggles and everything. Um, but that is not our God. Like he's saying, I am sufficient for you. I am enough. I mean, it's a hard thing to do church. It's a hard thing to recognize our weaknesses, right? And then take those weaknesses to God. But he is stronger in the midst of, of our weaknesses, his power is made absolutely perfect in our weaknesses. So believe that he is enough. Okay, let's start. um, We're gonna kind of start wrapping this thing up a little bit by looking at this last exchange between Moses and God. Okay, verse 13. But he said, this is Moses saying again, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. 
You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. All right, this, we're, we're at Moses' last ditch effort, right? His last ditch effort, and it comes to this, please God, send anyone else, not me. It please anyone. Is there not anyone else? I'm a nobody. I'm nobody special. Look what I've done in my past. Like, didn't you know that I just, I just killed somebody? I cannot do this. I can't speak. Please send someone else. Go find someone else. You've got the wrong guy And I feel like that might sound familiar to a lot of us, right? Sometimes we don't even want God's calling, right? Or maybe we just don't want that calling that God is calling us to, right? Maybe it's just that one, like, oh no, like, I don't really want to do that, God. Maybe something else, right? No, I don't want want to do that. That other person is a lot more suited for that. Well, I wasn't expecting you to, tell me to do that or, 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 or send me to that person. Like I want to do something else. Can't I do something else? And we use every excuse. And, and what does God do is he, he makes a way. He makes a way in verse 14, when it says the, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. I mean, this is God saying, okay, Moses, like I've had, I've had enough. I have a calling for your life, a purpose for your life. And it will happen through your weaknesses and everything. Right. And you know how I'm going to do it. I'll just get, I'll get somebody else to help you. I'll get somebody else to tag along and be a part of this with you, but you're not getting out of this, right? This is your calling, Moses. He's saying, I called you. I called you like God is saying, I didn't make a mistake in this. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose in choosing you for this specific calling. And listen, you might not understand what that is right now. You might not get that right now, but I need you to trust me with what I have ahead for you. You ever feel like your calling from God isn't the right calling for you? Like God, may have made a mistake in calling you with whatever job you're in right now or whatever relationship you're in right now or whatever apartment or house you're living in right now with what friends or neighbors he has you speaking life and love into. Like maybe he made a mistake. Have you ever felt like like God's plan isn't the right one for you? That he should be using someone else or there should be a different plan for you. So as, as, as I wrap this up, like, I, I got to be honest with you, church, like I, like I said earlier, I, I still have no idea how I'm up here doing this. Like sometimes I don't understand how I got here. Um, I grew up in the church a little bit. If you know my background, I grew up in the church a little bit. My whole family was very involved in the church growing up, but I went off to college not knowing what I was going to do with my life not knowing that there was a calling on my life. I had, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know God's plan for me. It was hard. It was frustrating. Um, I even went all the way through college, still not knowing what I wanted to do. I graduated college going, God, what, what am I supposed to be doing? I took a job at a drilling company that drilled holes in the ground and tested dirt. Okay. 
talk about being unqualified for a job. I was not qualified for that job. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I actually listened to God's calling on my life after that. Like I, I, I feel like, like I was here. I felt like I was hearing God's calling on my life for the first time. Right. But looking back, like I see now that it wasn't the first time he was calling me to do this with my life, that there are plenty of moments along the way where God was, he was using other people to speak into my life about my calling or giving me plenty of opportunities to see like where he wanted me to go. But I just wasn't listening. Right. I I was, I was making every excuse to not hear God's clear calling on my life to not go for it. I mean, who, me, God? Like, I can't, no way. Why, like, why me? I didn't, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I was any, anything special. Like, I definitely didn't feel qualified to do anything in a church, like be a part of God's church, it, like, especially being a youth pastor. I mean, to lead young people, to mentor young people. Like, I felt like the most unqualified youth pastor ever uh, when I started. And hey, I still do sometimes. I find myself still saying like, God, like why me for that? And, and, and to this day, God continues to say to me, well, trust me. Like, look what I've done for you already. Look at the path I've had you on. Trust me that I will continue to do that for you. And hey, like 10, 10 years or so later, I'm here. And I like, seriously, I would pull out all the excuses that Moses pulled out. I would use all those excuses Moses did. Like, I'm not smart enough, God. Like, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I don't know the Bible well enough to teach it, God. Like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to represent you. Like, I have, I have too many weaknesses to be doing what you're calling me to do. And God, like, like, he, like he promises, has been there every, in every one of my weaknesses, every step of the way, He's been strong when I wasn't strong. Like, like assuring me like this is your calling, Kyle. Like this is my purpose I have for you. Like I didn't make a mistake. This is what I want you to do for me. Like, church, there, there are so many examples in scripture of God calling completely unqualified people to do amazing things for him and his kingdom. Even when they feel like a nobody or they, and they feel like they can't do it. Even when they don't believe, others will believe that their calling is from God or that they have been sent by God. Even when they they feel like their weaknesses are just too strong and they're just not enough. Even when they believe they're not the right person for that job or for that calling, like God fills those gaps. He is with them always, every step of the way. He's done it before and he will do it again He is powerful in the midst of their deepest weaknesses and he doesn't make mistakes on who he has called. Listen, church, we are not qualified. And and, and hear me, that's a good thing because he is and he makes us qualified for his kingdom purposes. And so what is God calling you to do this, this new year? What is, what is God calling? What's the calling that he has on your life to do something for him? And may, maybe it's an ongoing calling. Maybe it's something that, that is kind of rolling over from last year. And maybe you're still in a place like Moses was making every excuse in the book 
not to say yes or not to, not to go for it. Let's answer his call this new year, church, starting today. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you for example after example of people in scripture. God, people in, in your word who have, who have walked this earth. God, who have, who have done amazing things through you because they've been called by you, God. Even though they were not qualified at all for it, God. God, I just, I just pray that all of us in this room, all of us watching online, as we're starting this new year, God, and maybe, maybe you have called us to do something. God, maybe you have called us to do something big, to do something for you, and we're just scared. We're scared of taking that step, God. We're scared of, of what could happen. We, we make every excuse in the book, God, of, of how we're not good enough, how we're not strong enough, how we can't speak well enough, how somebody else would be better for this, God. God, I just pray that this new year that you will, you will help us remember to just trust you, God that this isn't about us, it's about you. And that's a good thing that it's about our God, our father in heaven. That we just need to trust you, God, because you've done things before, God. I just, I pray that we can look back on the things in our lives, the situations, the, the times where we've, we've been in problems and struggles in our weaknesses. And we've seen you come through in those, God. I thank you for those times. And I pray that we trust you going forward because we know you've done it before and we know you'll do it again. So God, I pray for this new year, God. I pray, um, God, that you just be with each and every one of us as whatever, whatever calling you have on our life going forward, um, leaving, leaving this church today, God, that you will just help us trust you. God, help us say yes to that calling, knowing that you will be there with us. You will give us the right words to say. You will you will be in our weaknesses and you'll give us, give us your strengths, God. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for this time we have together starting a new year, God. I just pray that we don't, um, God, that, that we don't take it for granted, that we just go for it. God, that we answer your call, the calling that you have made on each of our lives, God. We just thank you so much, Jesus. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.